1: Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, Ryan, it looks like Tyler's ditched us again.
0: Um, I think the word is abandoned is, uh, is what we're looking for at this point.
1: Yeah, apparently uh, uh, people move at 830 at night. Uh,
0: Tyler, 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 just, Tyler. I,
1: apparently, Tyler's girlfriend is moving, um, but the move isn't starting until 530 because this is her last week at work and she can't get out early. I'm sorry, when it's my last week at work anywhere, Deuces. I can do whatever the hell I want. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs>
0: like, getting the hell out of there. Good for him. Good for him helping, I guess.
1: Yeah, sure. Needless to say, we don't have Tyler tonight, which, I mean, I guess it's not that big of a loss.
0: Wow. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, because we can be say whatever real. we want, because he's not here to defend himself. Uh, uh, <laughs> it would make this way more fiery, I will say that, because he his... Uh, what we're going to talk about is really right up his alley for really getting going.
1: His opinion is, I I would say, the polar opposite of ours. Surprisingly,
0: um, surprisingly a little and bit.
1: Not, I mean, I hold some of the same sentiment as him, but he goes completely one direction with it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 um, he's mildly upset. I think is a good way to put it. (laughs) Uh, So
1: tonight we have quite a bit to talk about. There were a couple pressers between last podcast and this one. They Mm -hmm. had uh, the big announcement, Iserman's end of the season, the uh, rehiring of Jeff Blaschel or re-signing of Jeff Blaschel, however you want to say it.
0: Do we want to start with good news first? Uh, Which good news? Do we want to talk about our Lord and Savior, Moritz Sider?
1: Oh, uh, how Steve Eiserman said that Moe Sider will be in the NHL next year and that he also won SHL's Defenseman of the Year. Yeah, those things. And going back and looking at it, I could only find about eight years worth of SHL Defenseman of the Year awards. And oh, okay. Moe Sider is the youngest player to ever win that award from what I can see by a wide margin. That's fantastic. Um, most of the other players are in their late 20s, early 30s mm-hmm. when they win that award. So uh, they have... And then another <laughs> fun thing, the SHL has two Defensemen of the Year awards. They've got a Defenseman of the Year award, and then they have a Swedish Defenseman of the Year award. Really? Which is the Salming Trophy. Oh, so yeah, kinda neat. it's it's neat. But yes, our Lord and Savior Moritz Sider, <laughs> who apparently dances on stage and gyrates his hips... Uh, no. Will be He's, he's going to be a hit Will be a hit in this town And uh,
0: I, tell, I, I tell you what If if all comes to a head And as Stevie just said Or I shouldn't say just said But as he stated Recently uh, Yes, today Ironically enough Or yesterday I don't even know what today is anymore uh, anyways,
1: Today is the 19th of uh, May
0: No, thank you um, Anyways What he stated Recently Like you said If Mo is in the lineup Become that first week of October, maybe the second week, depending on when the home opener is. This the LCA barn is gonna erupt, and it's and we will be there.
1: Yeah, goddamn right. We we will be at that game because, like I said last episode, I have over three hundred dollars in StubHub credit.
0: I'm committing whatever money necessary to get into that building for that first home game, home opener. Yep. After I all will, this bullshit, I, I'll add, I, had not, I had not missed a home opener in nine seasons.
1: Really? That's impressive. I'm so pissed. I go to like two or three games a year simply because, well, now children and also oh yeah, it's it. it's expensive as shit. But yep. um, I will be at that home opener because I will not miss. I didn't miss Anthony Mantha's four goal night. I am not going to miss the debut of Moritz Sider. Uh, <laughs> that will be one that I will see. So, uh, yeah, we have that to talk about. We've got a couple um, pieces of news from Iserman. And then today was um, fake locker clean-out day. Basically, uh, team they, media availability. Like had
0: SEAL Team 6 come in and do their locker clean-out because usually it's all over the place.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, because they can't have cameras in the room and stuff like that.
0: Uh, touche. Okay. Cool.
1: And that'll, it'll get back to that next season, but... They had media availability, which, cons- unless they're doing more tomorrow, I don't know how they're doing this. It consisted of Adam Ernie, Mark Stahl, and Dylan Larkin. Those were the three. I would have to guess they're going to get a few more people on. Like, they got to do an interview with Bert, asking him how he's feeling. Like, we haven't even seen the guy in months.
0: Right. I'd hope so. And you it's know, all I would, over I would like Zoom. to hear it directly from him about what's been going on.
1: Unless his upper body injury really does mean that his top half is missing.
0: So, it could be that's you know, we, ha- we have the science, but that's, that'd be tricky.
1: <laughs> like, let's million dollar man this guy. <laughs> um, if it means he's
0: back next season, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, hopefully, the back surgery thing clears up and God. he is okay because that is extremely scary. And we hope he doesn't end up like Danny DeKaiser did the first, well, I don't know, five well, yeah. eighths of this season.
0: Yeah, I'll go with that weird math.
1: Yeah, it was, I it mean, works. it wasn't the first half, of, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the first half. two-thirds. <laughs> it was much, much later than that. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think we'll start with uh, a few of the Iserman announcements first, or do you want to start with the couple interesting things the player said?
0: Um, let's go with the player stuff first, All because right. I feel like that, that's going to be some minor comments that we can really provide um, our quote-unquote fans. Yeah. I, I think I think the meat is going to be on Stevie.
1: Okay, so a couple, I pulled out two interesting things. Like you said, the Adam Ernie feed kind of sucked today. I mm-hmm. didn't pull much out of that besides he bet on himself this year and he was really happy with his season, as and was I. Th- that,
0: I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. Like he started rough. I th- go back to the McCarty comments that we made before where these guys didn't have their legs under him the first no. several games and that was very obvious. He was definitely one of those guys. Well, I would say Ernie's seemed-
1: tenure as a Red Wing started rough.
0: I was just going to get there. But it was kind of a carryover for him of how things had been going thus far. Yeah, But somewhere, by some grace of some hockey god that is out there, he remembered that he used to be a goal scorer, and he became a playmaker, and he made basically did not look like a fourth-line grinder. He could have been a middle 6 competitive player that i think Iserman has known i think somebody made the comment that he's been eizerman's been watching him since he was 18 years old yep and and now he's here with him in detroit so obviously he's here for a reason and i think max made the comment in his uh stay or should i go article uh, that ernie pretty much just played himself into a new contract and potentially being protected come for the expansion draft
1: yeah, it was. I mean, it was every other game. Ernie was taking the puck all the way down the ice and creating <laughs> pulling scoring. his dad's sick shit and all that. And if he can keep doing that, great. You have a, a solid bottom six guy who you can play can at both w- ends of the ice and can play up the lineup if you need him to. If there's mm-hmm. injury, he can do it. Now, Adam Ernie may not be the most defensively sound guy, and he's not yeah. going to score every night for you. And I'd be surprised if he had a point at the end of his Red Wings career had a point every four games. Yeah. But that's okay for a bottom six guy. So I we'll see what happens. Like you said, I think Adam Ernie will get a contract again. Do you think
0: he gets protected?
1: Um, if that's, he that's, gets, the, that's the big one. If he gets protected, I don't think Nemestikov does. And at this point, I'm not sure. I don't think he would replace Nemestikov. Well, Panic is replacing either Nemestikov or Ernie. At that point, you're protecting someone because you picked up Panic. Panic will be exposed, most likely. So I'm I'm not sure. Then it does make it more difficult. But again, Stevie gets paid a lot of money to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. So uh, you would have to then expose another forward or another defenseman depending on how you do your exposure yeah. but uh,
0: I, I like I, I think you're looking at some of the younger guys I shouldn't say necessarily younger but some of the unproven like a, uh, like a, a susfet a, a I Koloski, don't think Svetch is getting protected anyways. yeah that, that's what I'm saying. I think that that is where you're gonna fall. I think that in lieu of one of those guys, that's what makes Ernie now be protected because i think he he showed that he can be there and he's not that old he's what 25 uh he's 26 okay so yeah he's i mean svetch is 24 he just hasn't made it for what really because he's been hurt is the majority of the issues he's had and that's what has bugged me the most Yep. but i don't know and completely unrelated to the guys we're about to talk about. Did we see that Emil Viro got his entry level deal signed today? Oh, did, did he? you see that? No, bit of news? I did not. No.
1: He got On his cap- before
0: Bergeron? Uh He has. So that, uh, I don't know if he'll be coming over. But I mean, last year in the Liga, with he had 14 points in 53 games plus 12. And he also had a decent little playoff showing of four points in 13 games. So. We'll we'll see what happens there and what the intent's going to be. He's a yeah. left defenseman, at least that's what it shows on on the old cap friendly. So we'll have to. Uh, we'll
1: we'll maybe... do we'll do a, an off season kind of roster projection and and where mm-hmm. where we think they're going to go a little bit later on once free agency is is done.
0: Hey, we get Tony on and ask him ask him a little bit about him.
1: We're actually going to get Tony on in a couple weeks. I talked to him See, earlier. There He's we gonna, go. I'm going to do my draft prep this weekend, and t- we're going to talk to Tony about the draft because I'm way behind. Um, having a um, newborn will do that to you. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm way behind. So uh, another interesting thing that came out of the player day today was Mark Stahl's interview where he said that there is mutual interest between the Red Wings and himself in an extension, Mm -hmm. uh, but no free agent decisions will be made until the end of July, which makes sense because we have the expansion draft and what comes along with it. Um, You
0: can't sign him before that because now you're handcuffing yourself.
1: Yep. Iserman, on that same kind of note, Iserman was asked about RFAs. And mm-hmm. he said that he expects to sign um, most, if not all of them. He just does not know on uh, that. he has no idea what the term will be on a lot of them, or if he's yeah. just going to qualify them.
0: That that's going to be interesting to watch because I think that most of his RFAs, with the exception of like a Heronic, yep, um, are going to get an, a qualifying op- offer because I don't think Horonic is. Well, Bert's
1: the uh, other one.
0: Well, and Bert, but that one's going to be interesting to very interesting to watch in my yeah. opinion. Because um, Hronik is not arbitration eligible, correct? I He's don't. He's still early enough, so he needs one more year before he can hit arbitration. So Wings can go after him with a qualifying offer. However, I think someone would try to top that and offer him something. I could I could totally see that happen if, if Detroit tr- truly goes for a low ball.
1: Yeah, I think they'll get him locked up. Um, the ones you're not going to get locked up most likely because they have chosen to play elsewhere are uh, people like Christian Juice, mm-hmm. or I believe Broma would have been an RFA. Yeah, Broma yep, yep. is an RFA, but I, he already said he's going to play overseas.
0: Yeah, he's, so. I think both the teams that they're playing for already announced that they are were in a contract agreement.
1: Yep, so the guys that are arbitration eligible, uh, Jacob Verana, who will get a contract. Adam mm-hmm. Ernie is ARB eligible and Christian Juice, but Christian Juice already said he was going. Bertuzzi is arbitration eligible.
0: So. Do you think Berg gets back to that point? I, or do they give him a, a two-year deal at the same or a one-year deal at the same price and be like, all right, earn it?
1: I think you might see Bertuzzi because of how he played before his injury. Now, the injury, like we said, is it's back. It's kind of scary. We don't know how mm-hmm. he's going to come back, but I think they will get him a two- to three-year contract.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I mean, he had seven points in nine games before he went down. Five of the five of the seven were goals, so yep. they need that obviously. Yeah, um, and he's yeah, I, I I could see it being taking him to his, his thirty years old because he's twenty six yeah. now. Yeah, they so, so they he, also uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he turned twenty six in February, so he's a little. We it'd be uh, I think three four year deal would be ideal, especially for where they're they're trying to get to.
1: Yep. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Mark Stahl also uh, was asked about Dylan Larkin. He said, "Not even being here for two weeks, he understood why they made Larkin captain. It was completely obvious, and that the Red Wings are lucky to have him." So there's some more, a little bit more confirmation for the people that keep saying Dylan Larkin's not a leader. Blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah, that I, I think for all the it. people to say something to, like that that holds Mark a Stahl, lot, yeah, a lot of was a lot of weight, and that that's huge. Yeah. So,
1: uh, they also asked Mark Stahl about the potential of mentoring someone like Moritz Sider. Uh, he says he he has heard a lot about him, and that uh, that that's kind of the opportunity for a guy like Stahl, being a vet in the league and playing the game for a long time, to mentor someone like Sider. And I think it's a good idea because as as we saw, Stahl kind of rejuvenated himself in Detroit mm-hmm. to to a certain extent. Down the stretch was a, one of our more solid. Defenseman and was even putting some goals in, so I would have no problem with Mark Stahl on a short, cheap deal. I'm not paying him five point seven million dollars. No,
0: he better be cutting that. Off I'm saying one, a million, million
1: to two million, maybe, and get that Bobby
0: Ryan special going.
1: And that's yeah, absolutely. And I would bring him back to just mentor the the younger defenseman. I think there's a spot for him if he wants it. And,
0: and on the Stahl with cider piece too. You think about or just. Look at how Cider played and look how Stahl was playing really the second the not the first 30 of the year we, we shot that into the sun, but yep. how he was stepping up the way he was using his body. Like that would be to the mentor point spot on for what Cider is already doing. And Stahl can help him refine that. And that would be to me, it's a no-brainer to re-sign even though we were so skeptic- skeptical and like, what the fuck's this guy doing out there for the longest time. So of, of the guys that are going to be going away, I, he's, I think, one that they should really look at uh, to bring back on a one-year deal and then flip him if he continues the way that, that he is. And Mark
1: Stahl did not miss a game this season. He did not? That's the most impressive part is at his age, um, Mark Stahl like, iron-manned this whole season. So, really, yeah, um, that's one of the things they were talking about is that not. Mark Stahl played every game, and and that's, he's only
0: done that well, he did that two other times, but it was a 13 years ago,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, um, that's a long
1: time ago, Ryan. I don't know if you know that, <laughs> um, but he yeah, he came
0: close a few other times, but that, yeah, he, the only other time he played a full season was 09 10. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and of course, it's a shortened season, but I think that's still impressive for a guy of Mark Stahl's age, really. Mm-hmm. So, I, like I said, I have no problem keeping him for a year or two as a mentor kind of guy. He's not a guy I'm going to be like, oh, Mark Stahl, give him a five-year contract. No. no. You give Mark no, we don't Stahl have Ken Holland anymore. A, no, no. You give him a one or two-year cheap contract that you can get out of if you need to, and And maybe he plays very well again, and you flip him at the deadline for a pick.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be appropriate. And it would be it because right now he had a a no movement clause on his deal. So if you bring him back, and it seems that Iserman's been masterful uh, on these new signees, that none of them have had anything remotely like that, unlike the old Ken Holland special. So, if that's the case, we know that unless some crazy shit happens, they're not going to be a great team next season. Yep. They'll be improved. They'll be better. that just is going to be dependent on if they stay healthy yep. and, you know, score score some goals, which was kind of the theme of the Iserman and Blaschel press, pressers yesterday.
1: Yep. So, the other thing I pulled out today from player availability, Dylan Larkin. Oh, God bless Dylan Larkin. Um, today, which is May 19th, 2021, um, was Dylan Larkin's first day not in a neck brace since he spent a couple nights in the hospital following the cross-check by Jamie Ben. So first I want to say, fuck you, Jamie Benn. Um, yeah. You can eat a bag of dicks. And uh, again, like Ryan was uh, asking me before we started recording, how do they not go back and review that? How do they not go back and do some kind of discipline for someone that puts a player in the hospital,
0: it blows my mind. To be honest, like it, like it, like even you could even see when the play happened. He fucking comes straight down on top of Larkin, who was on the ice yep. after the faceoff draw. It was a good draw. Larkin's they, on
1: his knees, and he gets cross-checked in the back yep, of the neck,
0: trying to get up, and the stick just boom right in the back of his head. Well, I shouldn't say back of the head, back of the neck. Yep. It like I, I it's it's frustrating in the sense that you saw it happen no call was made right at nope. that point that was the first confusion of what the fuck is going on and then larkin who was obviously hurt from it like yeah. i get it that th- these things happen far more often than i would like and i think the one thing i bitch about the most is cross checks not getting called yeah especially this is dangerous ones like the the ones in front of the net, and I don't want to try to go off on too much of a tangent. Like no, the little those kiss me off yeah. like no other because dudes like I just watching the Boston game that night. Uh, I forget who it was going in front of the net, driving hard. He got Coil pushed him into, and I think it was Dowd pushed Coil pushed Dowd into Ross, Rask. Dowd got flipped around and got cross checked right in the back and sent straight into the ice.
1: And that Nothing. you could really, really injure. I mean, the back, your your spine is a very sensitive, a very sensitive part of your body, um, yeah, that could know, ruin you for the things. rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it should be taken very, very seriously. Especially the neck. Like you can paralyze. You can hit that someone in the neck, and you can paralyze them.
0: Potentially, yeah. And like, it, to me, Larkin, I'm surprised Larkin that there's an major...
1: Yeah, Larkin said he's very grateful he didn't have to have surgery. Basically, God,
0: so. Like, now that this part of it came out, it's it's really fucking infuriating. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And they won't go back and look at it, and everyone will hail yeah. Jamie Benn as a hero and all this oh, shit. Oh, they'll take
0: care of it on the ice. Well, probably not, because no one in Detroit is going to fight him.
1: Uh, we'll have Giovanni Smith next season. So
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll get someone to fight him. And and everyone knows what happened. <sighs> um, but that was the one thing I pulled out of uh, the Larkin press conference. Uh, he... The other thing, and I'll go back to it, is that Stevie talked to Larkin a lot about, told him what he was doing right, told him what he was doing wrong. I think the one big thing that I pulled out of Steve's press conference on Larkin, and uh, thanks to Brad Galley, who we will also have on the show, (laughs) for retweeting it. Stevie said, quote, I don't ever expect or want him to lead the league in scoring. My goal for him, and he and I have talked about it, is to strive to be one of the best two-way players in the league. So that's to all the people that keep saying, oh, my God, Larkin's not scoring a million points. Larkin sucks. He's not. And people will say, well, he's not a captain because he's not a big point scorer and he's not making all these people better. He is making the people around him better. Mm -hmm. But that's just how things
0: are when he's on the ice versus not. Yes. And this year in particular screamed that. Yep. When Manta was traded, when Burt left, he had to make do with what he had. And sure enough, what happened? Larkin went out there. He had Fabry and Zadina on his line. What was the most dominated line? Every line that Larkin went on was effective. Did they score a lot? No. That was part of the problem. But they were flying up and down the ice because that's exactly what he was doing. And that's how you get guys to get better.
1: Yeah. Larkin was also asked about Jacob Verona. He said he was very impressive. Um, He Mm -hmm. said that one thing Verona did when he came to the team, uh, he said that he wants to help the team get better and wants to help the team succeed, and he says it's um, a very big thing for a player like that to come in and immediately buy into wanting to help the team. Um, Iserman also named Verana as part of basically the core going forward, which Mm -hmm. means that Verana, like I said earlier, should get a decent contract at least.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would expect that. I think that he's got a proven track record, and I know that there was all the comparisons between Manta and Verona over the last several seasons where Verano is actually, I think, averaging more points per game than what Manta was. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly what it is because I don't have it up for obvious, not very much obvious. Um, but he has the track record. I think that if you lock him up, because we're going to be cr- creeping into, I think, two more years with Larkin's current contract. Mm-hmm. So either you're signing Verona to the end of that deal or you're actually pushing him out and that's where you're really going to start getting your deals in place to make this roster what you want it to be because that's what he was starting to do with Tampa before he left is these younger players that he deals are going to be really good. He signed them to a team-friendly deal for a long time.
1: Yep, and that'll end up happening. I could see that happening with Cider because I could see Cider getting extended real, real quick. Uh, And then I think you got to try and do that same thing with Lucas Raymond because Lucas Raymond could be the best player coming out of that draft.
0: Yeah, and he had an interesting comment with him is that he was seemed very confident he being Iserman uh, in what cider that he is basically NHL ready. Yep, but he was not as committed in regards to Raymond. But at the same time, I I feel like that's okay. Yeah, I think to he let said... Him get acclimated.
1: He said, what, Raymond will get his chance, and if he makes the yep. team, it's because he deserves to make the team.
0: Yeah, he said ex- <laughs> the expectation is Mo is ready to go, or Sider's ready to go, but yep. he's not ruling out uh, Lucas Raymond.
1: Yep. Um, so the couple other things I pulled from... Now I'll move on to kind of Iserman's press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he'd be interested in acquiring players in the 26 and under range, guys that could be here five years from now. Uh, That kind of gives us a look into what Iserman's window into Stanley Cup contention is. And I Mm -hmm. think it's around the same that we had been saying. Uh, Playoffs in two to three seasons, contention in five to six or seven, I Mm -hmm. think is what we were looking at. Um, He said that, uh, on the contrary, he can't convince GMs to give up guys that he wants. (laughs) So... Um, and that's impressive. That's saying something for Iserman because of what he's been able to do. But of course he wants guys that are younger and the guys that he wants are those high scoring, high talent guys, which generally teams don't make available without mortgaging your future, which he's not about yeah. to do.
0: Yeah. He made that very clear that he wasn't about to trade guys or trade for guys that maybe only be with you. What? Three, four, five seasons. Mm-hmm. He wants guys that are going to be there for the long haul. He's looking for a player, that like a mo sider where you drafted him, developed him, you know that he's going to be a fucking stud and hey guess what? I want you here for your career. That's what he's looking for. What now yep. he can try to bring those guys in, but as you just stated, that's going to be pretty damn tough.
1: Yeah, uh, teams don't want to give up young talented guys. Uh, makes no, sense because we also don't want to give up young talented guys, so it's a it's a team thing. Cuz <laughs> again,
0: Ken Holland is gone. Yep. So we're going to stop doing that.
1: Yeah. So uh, he also said the last bit that I pulled out, which was funny because uh, all these reporters are asking questions. And I'm like, man, no one's asked about Berggren or Petrozelli So I tweet <laughs> at Max and I'm like, Max, ask about Petrozelli and Berggren. And then Max comes up like the next person and he asks a couple questions, questions. Then he asks about Petrozelli. And I'm not going to attribute that to me asking him to. I'm assuming it was already one of his questions, but I like to take credit for stuff. So I'm going to say (laughs) that I reminded Max to ask about Petrozelli. The timing was freaking perfect. I will say that. Um, So Iserman did talk about Keith Petrozelli. He said he has talked to him. Petrozelli is deciding if he wants to stay in school. Mm -hmm. If Petrozelli stays in school, the Red Wings will retain his rights. That was also asked. Um, that's
0: that's good to know yep. because I think so, the person, whoever asked that or made that comment, Art. I think it was Art actually. Um, I know because, because my ears were bleeding a little <laughs> bit during this
1: part of the press conference. Uh,
0: because of the NCAA's extension for players is yep. why the, that is actually going to be a thing and allowed because technically they would have had to have done something this season.
1: Yeah, but because of the weird COVID season, things get mm-hmm. pushed back a year.
0: Yep. So that actually is where it it became a huge positive for yep. them and not having to burn a co- one of the fifty contracts on on hand. So we'll we'll see what happens. But that's definitely one of the main guys to watch right now over going into next season.
1: Yep. And again, no one asked about Berggren. I'm I'm almost surprised that he doesn't have a contract yet after signing Vero. I would assume that Berggren would have already had his contract right after,
0: but I, I hope so because that one scares me a little bit. I, but um, it also could not come until after the expansion. Well, sure. no, it wouldn't matter. He wouldn't have. To be, be, be No, continuous. he doesn't have to be protected because so, he's disregard.
1: So I think I think it'll get done. I I mean, there's it's a to me it's a no brainer contract to get mm-hmm. done because of his performance and because of how he has rebounded from his various injuries. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a no-brainer. I think he would even play in Grand Rapids next season. I think out of anyone at a forward position, that Jonathan Berggren would have a at least a decent shot of making the lineup next next year at earliest, or even do uh, maybe do maybe a Zadina and come in halfway through the season mm-hmm. um, just to see how he does. But I I think that I think that Berggren. I think it's weird he hasn't been signed yet. Um, but I think it's
0: coming, I hope so, because if not, then he he will be free to go anywhere he wants if he decides to.
1: that's a real bad move,
0: yeah. So if losing him would be, I think pretty significant, even though he hasn't played over here because the way I think about him, and I know when we've talked about him and gushed about him before, like the comparisons we make is like he has the passing skill in what you see in a in a young Hen- Henrik Zetterberg,
1: yeah, yep, very and similar.
0: they really need that, yep. So the way he could create offense. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. So lock him up. Fingers crossed.
1: Uh, So I think we're going to move on to the main topic of tonight because we're already halfway through the show. We met a lot longer than I thought it was going to. But there was a lot to go over. There was Uh, actually. So uh, Jeff Blaschel. Will remain the Detroit Red Wings coach for an unspecified amount of time because Steve Eiserman <laughs> says he does not like to name term on what a, his staff as a personal point. He will not give term.
0: What a giant fuck you to everybody, isn't it? You
1: know, <laughs> well, everyone's I mean, just
0: freaking out like what's going to happen. I've been texting Mario the last couple days, and sure enough, he called it that something's about it has to be stewing over there at LCA, and then sure enough, we get the announcement that Blash was coming back.
1: Yeah, and I think it happened with Blackfield's last contract. I don't think we knew what his contract was until this until this past season, what it was because we knew he was resigned. But again, mm-hmm. they're not going to say the term on the actual contract.
0: So what's interesting is again Mario is my eyes and ears across the Twitterscape half the time. He texted me stating, "Let me pull it up. I don't want to miss comment here." Um. Not yet confirmed officially, but apparently Pierre Lebrun spilled the beans of Blaschel's extension on his podcast in its two years.
1: Well, that's what I was assuming is that it would, it would be a one plus one.
0: A one see, year with the, a, That'll be the question. Is it going to be a option. one in one or just a flat out two? I could see it being the one one on one because that's what we just came off of.
1: Yep. Yeah, I could see that, too, because you could see, well, if they improve even more, mm-hmm. then why get rid of Blaschel? But if they flounder, if they flounder again, then you've got guys with other guys, you know, around the NHL and in the foreign leagues with contracts that will be expiring Mm -hmm. uh, after next season. So I could see it being a a one and one. I'm I'm sure they would like to have an option on a second year, and I'm sure Blasio would like to stay with the Red Wings in whatever capacity. Yeah.
0: I, I could see it. it. It's I don't know. I'll get to the, the those details as we get yeah. Through. The
1: the other part that I'm going to mention kind of quickly is a giant farewell to Dan Bilesma.
0: Um, the I really think that's the biggest highlight of it all.
1: The reason that Iserman gave too, he's like Dan just Dan's been a head coach and and he just really wants to be a head coach again. And I'm like where in Russia? Where, where he's not going to get another NHL head coaching job, especially after he how he performed with the power play in Detroit.
0: 11.4% mm, this mm, past season. Delicious. I have yeah.
1: beers with a higher percentage than the Detroit Red Wings
0: power play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the uh, the quote from Iserman, as you just mentioned it was quote a head coach at heart and wants to do that. So that's the biggest reason for him leaving.
1: It's so head, head coach at heart but not <laughs> even a power play coach in the head. Um, so yeah. it's, it's really, so the big thing was the Jeff Blaschel extension, which really, really divided, uh, Red Wings fans on every single base, whether it be Twitter or Facebook or wherever, um, were extremely divided as someone uh. as far as to say that, um, they no longer believe in Steve Iserman, that he's a failure as a general manager, that he's the worst general manager ever. Those were just some of the things that I saw. Um, Of course, none of those things came from uh, Darren McCarty, who uh, was not the least bit shocked.
0: (laughs) No. And
1: said, uh, It's the Iser plan, and Stevie said so. So that's the new Stone Cold Steve Austin saying. uh, It will be because Steve Iserman said so.
0: Uh, uh, Well, fun fact, Greg, you now have a new t shirt idea.
1: Iserman Is 316, yes. Stevie yes. 316, and we can wear him to the ga- the first game of
0: the season. No, we need it. You need to do it in something in, in like with his numbers. Oh, uh, Iserman. Uh, how many? He won three cups. Three nineteen. Three
1: nineteen. That would be great. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. I want to do that. No, I want to do a McCarty 316.
0: Ooh, D 316. Yeah. So, so, along those lines, yeah. So, we, we got we should, we should talk to him about that and so he doesn't get we'll, us with another cease and desist. We'll collaborate. <laughs> uh,
1: so we got another, um, we got a, a blashel extension. And for better or for worse, however you feel about it, what I kind of want to do is recap. A lot of people like to say, well, there's been no improvement, and that the teams it's not the team that sucks, it's the coach that sucks. And, and I kind of wanted to go by, I thought an interesting way to take this would go season by season since Blaschel has got here and kind of look at what his, his win-loss was and, and what the team as a whole lost and gained over each season. So Jeff Blaschel as a coach has 455 NHL games coached. Uh, with a 172 wins and 221 losses uh, and a points percentage of 44%. Which means he gets points in 44% of the games the team has played over his coaching career so far. And, and I started with 2016-17 because that was the year after he got here there were no really notable ads or any major changes after mike babcock the first year mike babcock left and and to show for that jeff blaschel made the playoffs his first year as the red wings coach Mm -hmm. because he had the team to do it
0: expected yeah basically
1: sure so i started in 2016-17 where his record was 33 and 36 so what I have as notable departures, that year was the year Pavel Datsuk left. Pain. So you automatically lose one of your at that point, probably your best player. Um getting on in age, but had the most skill on the team.
0: Yeah, he was dealing with some minor in- injuries those last couple seasons, but when he was on the ice, they were a better team.
1: Yep. Uh, that was the year where you officially lost Johan Franzen. Officially. Uh, you lost, and then I also added notable departures that really didn't make much of a difference, but they were on the team before. Um, Jakob Kindle gone. Uh, that was the year Kyle Quincy went.
0: No shucks.
1: Uh, but that was also the year they lost Brad Richards. And Brad Richards, the year before, was eighth on the team in points and was still a solid forward. Yeah, for so being older. You, you lost that. Um, for 2016-17, for notable ads, you had uh, Andreas Athanasiou, who had 21 points in 64 games. Mm-hmm. That was the year you added Dylan Larkin, who had 32 points in 80 games. You added Mantha, who had 36 points in 60 games. You, had, you added Franz Nielsen. Okay. Because As, we,
0: that was your Datsuk replacement, which still is forever mind blowing.
1: That was because you lost out on Steven Stamkos.
0: Did we really lose on Steven Stamkos?
1: But Franz Nielsen that first year had 41 points in 79 games. Yeah. yeah that was the silence of you trying to remember Franz Nielsen being okay for the Red Wings. Um, and then we added Thomas Vanek, who had 38 points in 48 games. So there were ads. I like the Vanek.
0: Yeah. I I did like that one a lot.
1: So there were ads with significant time, but you also lost talent. And and Datsuk, I think, is the biggest one because Datsuk was, uh, I mean, probably one of the best two-way players in NHL history and was still playing at a high level when he left. Franzen did not play much the year before, but the year before Mm -hmm. that, Franzen was still a valuable player. Um, He he would go on scoring streaks. He would do well. Uh, Jakob Kindle had some defensive upside to him. Brad Richards was a good player. And you lost those guys and replaced them with rookies who were still performing well because of other veterans on the team like Zetterberg.
0: Yeah, you were hoping that it was a quick enough fix because you're looking at Larkin's rookie season. You know that the way he came in basically on all cylinders. But... Again, like you mentioned, we you lose guys like Franzin and Datsyuk, who were your offensive stalwarts for so many seasons. Yep. Y- you can't just pray that that changes. Nope. But, I mean, I guess that's where the hope that Mike Green comes in and steps up and makes a difference there. Where Larkin, you hope he, he puts in 45 points in the season. Eh, it's not too bad. But Mantha barely saw any time. You had Athanasius, as you mentioned, he had what fourteen points in 15, 16? So Uh, yeah, something like it's, that. I mean twenty nine, twenty nine to go into the next season. But yeah, it's there wasn't enough overlap for some of these young guys to get the nurturing, I guess you could say they needed, because Zetterberg was on his on his way downhill. Nielsen again yes 41 points but it wasn't he wasn't Datsuk that is my biggest no. thing losing him was the true peak and fall of this team
1: well this is what i look at is is you lost 8 more games than you did the year before you had 13 overtime losses than the year before is is a Pavel Datsuk worth 8 more wins if Datsuk sure. is there can you Match your record if not. Now, I would think if eight wins, maybe you win four more of those overtime games because you throw Datsuk out there and he does some magic in overtime, and then you maybe win four Or it never even gets there. Yeah, or you win four more in regulation. Um, But adding, I think Datsuk could have got you maybe eight more wins after adding in those rookies, Mm -hmm. like an Athanasiu, like a Larkin. Like, imagine Dylan Larkin, Pavel Datsuk.
0: Oh, my God. That would have been so amazing. So, because you're taking that pressure off those guys to have to perform. Now, Larkin, he took it in stride. I thought he did perfectly fine with yep. it. So did Mantha. Athanasie, you could you can put in the same boat, but there there was that added expectation that hey, we just made the playoffs this all these years, and good luck.
1: Yeah, here you go. Have fun. So uh, we'll move on to 2017-18 where Jeff Blaschel had a record of 30, 39, and 13. So I had notable uh, departures. Thomas Vanek, gone. And uh, Franz Nielsen's points, uh, those started <laughs> wow. to go away. Uh, notable ads were David Booth. Uh, David Booth had five points in 28 games. Now, he was notable for his hair. Um, And that was about it. I also have in parentheses, fart noise. So uh, David Booth was kind of um, not a great ad. Uh,
0: Thought he would do better. It just never
1: did. not. Martin Firk, who in 68 games played, had 25 points. Uh, The ghost of Trevor Daly, the plug of Luke Witkowski and the horrible (laughs) play of Jared Coro. Those were your ads in 2017-18. So you lost Thomas Vanek, who was really good the year before he and was. you lost some Franz Nielsen. Now, I don't think it was a, a very large if I go back and look at 2017-18. He dropped
0: off by what eight points, I think.
1: Uh Franz Nielsen ended the 2017-18 season with Why can't I 33. Find you? Yeah, so you go from 41 to 33 points, so your points start to fall off a bit, but that's because you also lose guys like Thomas Vanek.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because they were they were on a their line was actually pretty dangerous when they when yeah. they were actually out there together. And I think like to your point that really was what boosted them cuz Vanek yeah. was such a pretty playmaker.
1: Yeah, so you lost your you lost some guys. Like obviously you lost some guys, but you didn't replace them. You no. added Martin Furk who had happened to get 25 points but at, at one point couldn't hit the broad side of a barn.
0: Oh, so bad. You I shouldn't say so bad, but it just it was frustrating. Yeah, It was in Pol- al-
1: 2.0. You also added Tyler Bertuzzi, who did not have the kind of explosiveness that he has now. He had 24 points in 48 games. He played half a season, but you didn't fill, again, you still didn't fill the Datsuk hole. You the guy you added in Nielsen points started to decline. Now am I blaming Jeff Blashell for Nielsen's decline? No, I'm blaming Nielsen's age for his decline mm-hmm. and also his teammates. I'm I'm not yeah, going to. He was to,
0: 33 in this season, so.
1: Yeah, so I'm not going to blame Blash this time for having around the same record as the previous season, with not any really improvement in the roster.
0: Right. Yeah. The the the, there's changes in the roster, like you said. Changes.
1: Yeah. Luke Witkowski.
0: But the tier level, I guess you could say, of those players that were brought in, not good.
1: No. I mean, you played Jared Coro seven games, and he had an eighty-six save percentage and a four point two six goals against.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good. It was really bad, actually. Yeah. Better way to put it.
1: He lost five games. So I mean, what what you gonna do? Like, Not playing, yeah. Ex- well, nothing, <laughs> right? Uh, so we'll move on to the 2018 19 season. Uh, where the record was uh, 2018 19 record was 32 40 and 10. So you won two more games. Your notable ads in uh, actually, your notable departures in 2018 19 were uh, David Booth, notable because okay. he was gone. Uh, Mike Green uh, Mike Green's mystery kid or liver illness uh, Thomas Tatar and Henrik Zetterberg. So you lose Tatar who was a scoring threat. you lose Mike Green because of some crazy alien virus.
0: You, yeah so crazy.
1: You lose Henrik Zetterberg who that season before I believe had 56 points still. So, uh,
0: yeah, he did. And your 11 you're, goals and 45 assists.
1: And he's your captain. And he's a veteran player. And he's at that point the best player on the team.
0: But we brought back Vanek.
1: Sure. Your notable ads are Madison Bowie fart noise, Dennis Chalowski, <laughs> fart noise, Michael Rasmussen only because he had to play in the NHL and did not play well. Uh, Jacob De La no, Rose. Didn't. There we go. One for one, One baby. One for one. Uh, Christopher N., who might as well not have been there. Philip Hronik, who I will give a plus two. Win. Uh, I have Vanek again. Yeah, he was there. He was there. And then Tyler Bertuzzi started to pick up. So those are your notable ads, but your departures again, two years after your best player left, your best player leaves again. Mm -hmm. And you don't replace him with anything of around even this same talent level.
0: Now, the the positive to him leaving, now if you can look at it as such, is this was the year that we finally got a 30-goal scorer and what people just got their jollies off to with Athanasiu. He put up 54 points. He had Burt putting up 47. Yep. Uh, Larkin kind of regained some form. He came out of the box and hit 73 points. But then you still had Gus Nyquist with 49. Yep. So uh, 48 points for Mantha. So there was more balance there. Nielsen
1: even picked up two points.
0: Yes, but there was no true difference maker to elevate this team at either end of the ice.
1: No, because none of those guys, minus Larkin, were playmakers.
0: Because really, you could say, because this is the first year they brought Bernier in. He did not do well. Yeah. And Jimmy Howard was equally mediocre.
1: Yeah, and that was Dylan Larkin's 73 point season, 32 goals, 41 assists. Yes. So, you lose your best player in Zetterberg. Larkin at this at that season replaces Zetterberg in a ice respective on ice respective, but mm. he's not an add. He's already there. So, you're not adding anything to replace uh, I I guess if Dylan Larkin is going to pick up what Zetterberg did, who's replacing Larkin in that sense? No one. So you, again, lose your best player and don't add someone of equal talent that's even going to be that equal talent down the road. Mm-hmm. So, again, I can't... I, the the record is, is the record at that point.
0: Yeah, it's what you would have expected. But this is also where we really started to see uh, the demise of Justin Advocator, too. I'm... His point totals went in half from 1718 at 35 points, which actually kind of surprised me to look back at that to 1819 where he drops down to 19 points. Yeah. so now, I'm not, I don't have his time on ice and all that fun stuff pulled up in um, what year? Well actually, I take that back. I do have it right in front of me. He had 15 minutes of ice time uh, in 1819 when you look at the year prior to that he had so he lost about a little over a minute of ice time. But to have his points cut in half like that, um, yeah, no, I think that's. I think this is where people really started to kind of lay it on him, if you will. Yeah,
1: Swiss hockey legend Justin Applicator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if we move on then to twenty, I'm not going to do this season, but I will do 2019-2020, okay. um, which the record was 17, <sighs> 49, <laughs> and oh. five, but. Uh. Your notable departure is Nicholas Cronwall. You lose, arguably, your best defenseman at that point. Gone. Yeah, and
0: um, and he noticeably struggled in eighteen nineteen because he was trying to do all he could for the team. Yep. It just wasn't going.
1: Yep, you lose Athanasio. you lose Gustav Nyquist, you lose half of Anthony Mantha's season, the rest of Franz Nielsen's soul, Mike Green, and Thomas Vanek again. Um. So... Those are all your departures and I mean big departures, Thomas Vanek, I would still consider a big departure. Mike mm-hmm. Green at that point, even though he was working with a half a liver, um, was still one of your better offensive defensemen. Um, Franz Nielsen drove a car off a fucking cliff. Gustav Nyquist was a productive <laughs> forward, gone. Anthony Mantha, a productive forward out half the season you, even though Streaky was putting up points, and, and and he's gone. You lost a very large chunk of people, and your notable ads are now. Mind you,
0: too, just for clarity, the, some of those guys that you are mentioning for gone is they were trade traded. Yeah, as well.
1: So. Yeah, so but and, but I mean traded. You're you're still missing a portion of the season.
0: Yes. So, but it's this is where the true demise of the team had begun.
1: Yeah. So your notable ads: Jonathan Bernier, who did not play great at the beginning; Uh, Adam Ernie, who basically wasn't even there.
0: Yeah. Five points.
1: Robbie Fabry. So for one, Robbie Fabry is your your probably most notable ad um, as a trade, and and Robbie Fabry to his credit. In 2019-20, had 31 points in 52 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. Well, I mean, he was a minus 29, but well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Valtteri Filippola, and only notable because he was previously a Red Wing. That's why. We're all like, oh, look, is back. And then uh, later on in the season, I'm like, oh, God, is back. That's kind of what happened. Uh, Patrick Nemeth, who became <laughs> one of the Red Wings' best defensive defensemen. <laughs> Uh, Sam mm-hmm. Gagne, solid bottom six forward. Mm-hmm. Gustav Lindstrom, which who in his first Could potentially be
0: brought back as well sure. this season.
1: Yep. Gustav Lindstrom, who in his first season um, wished he really didn't play. Uh, Giovanni Smith <laughs> played some. That was the, the debut of Giovanni Smith, mm-hmm. which was good. And then Zadina finally played 28 games with 15 points. Mm-hmm. So there's your notable ads. I mean, there are other notable ads, like Dimitro Timishoff who played five games and was never seen from again. Um, uh, Taro Horosi I have it here as side notes. Taro Horosi played some games. Um that's yeah. all I can really say. It's,
0: it's, it's where he arrived and had some pretty passes. Like, and over like, two hey, seasons. thanks, Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but that was... I mean, you still had Trevor Daly. I guess Daly. it was the season
0: before that I was thinking of, but
1: yeah. yeah you still yeah. had Trevor Daly in 2019-20. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Cody Golabeff. You, again, the, the ghost of Mike Green until he and was Jonathan traded. And Jonathan Erickson. Yeah, you still had Jonathan Erickson. You've got your goalies not playing well at all.
0: This is the season, as a friendly reminder, that Jimmy Howard went two twenty three 23 2 with a 4-2 goals against.
1: But you you even had Jonathan Bernier uh, with a 90 save percentage and a 295 goals against.
0: He was still kind of the, the number 2 behind Jimmy that season. Yep. Uh but he kind of took on the more number one role, I guess you could say. It was still pretty much split, but Jimmy just shit the bed. That's yeah. really was what led to him not coming back, which was really unfortunate.
1: Jimmy Howard. so Jimmy Howard died uh, Eric Comrie yeah. came in for three games and had a 4.28 save percentage. Calvin Pickard our goals against had a 4.28 goals against. Calvin Pickard came in for three games and had a 5.46 goals against. So not good at all in the goalie department, which is a big reason why we had 17 wins. But then also, all our defense of the, all was also the,
0: really bad.
1: All of the forward talent gone. Nicholas Cron are not all of, but a large portion of forward talent um, gone. Uh, Nicholas Cronwall, who was your stalwart defenseman, gone. And again, who are you replacing
0: them with? You're replacing Nobody. them
1: with Adam Ernie. Now I'll give you Philpola, or I'll give you Fabry. You're replacing them with Adam Ernie, uh, Valtteri Filpula.
0: Uh, Brendan Perlini. uh, Oh,
1: Jesus, Brendan Perlini. How could I forget him? Um, Very easily, that's how. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't, again, did nothing. You did nothing to replace the talent you lost. So
0: it's also not surprising because how are they going to? Because this was the final season of salary cap hell. Yep. And the main and primary reason, we had kind of grew to demise Ken Holland. And you lost Ken Holland. Or not demise, but grew to... Despise. Detest or despise. There we go. Let's use that other D word.
1: Yes. So we lost Ken Holland. We got Iserman. And then we started getting guys like Fabry. And we Mm -hmm. started playing Philip Zadina. And you could see, even though we only won seventeen games, you God, could see so some bad. progression <laughs> in players, not in the team, in players.
0: Yeah, a few guys that you would have hoped for, like Fabry coming in, made an immediate impact, and that was the refresh that he needed coming from St. Louis. Yep, Gagne, nah, didn't they? Didn't, they brought him back when they traded Green over to Edmonton, so. He was kind of a healthy scratch over there in Edmonton for the most part, which was kind of disappointing to see because we know the impact that he has made on this roster. But you saw some good steps with Larkin. You saw some good steps with Mantha. We thought that these guys, again, were going to be part of the core. But they weren't, obviously. So Zadina started to pick it up and get comfortable out there. But, yeah, this this was the, I think... 19-20 Nineteen twenty, we can easily hang our hat on it and say i hope we are never fucking remotely close to that performance ever again
1: and i don't think we will be because they, when they you, can't there's no way because when you move on to this season and in 56 games we have 19 wins 27 losses 10 overtime mm-hmm. losses and you see the progression that's happening especially in the second half of the season when you at the trade deadline, you get someone like Verana, and you give guys like Filppula and Nielsen less ice time, and you play Giovanni Smith for some games.
0: Oh yeah, and they also allowed 44 games, was that or 45 games of four goals or more that season as well. Yeah. So so,
1: but you not see, good. you see the progression and and a glimpse at what this team could be when you surround talented players with other talented players. Mm-hmm. And, and you also are missing one of your top scoring threats or your net front presences for most of the season. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like Michael Rasmussen to come in and really, really develop into a solid forward. You get guys like Philip Zadina to be one of the best playmakers and, and players on the ice most nights. And, and even Dylan Larkin, though he's not scoring points, is, is creating a lot of scoring chances, is playing very well, is setting guys up noticeably playing injured for part of the season. And, mm-hmm. and there's improvement. Now, the question is, how much of that improvement do you say would happen anyways, no matter who the coach is? Or how much of that improvement do you attribute to Jeff Blaschel? And what what kind of chances are you giving Jeff Blaschel, and, and I think this is exactly what Stevie is doing, is giving Jeff Blaschel a chance to coach a good team. Yeah.
0: Or at least not a complete shit team. I think this upcoming season will be hit the it's a test. one of the better teams that he will likely have. Yeah, And I, I say that confidently because you know that he's going to make moves in either a trade, he being Iserman, in either a trade or free agency. And he's going to do what he can to give these guys that we've just been talking about, these younger players, an opportunity to get better. And because then when you look at the Red Wings press release that was put out yesterday, the second paragraph of, the, of this this write-up in quote in his six seasons as head coach of the Red Wings Blaschel has overseen a transitional period for the organization and has helped a number of top prospects work their way up the depth chart and become impact NHL players to yep. include Larkin, Horonic, Rasmussen, Zadina, Bertuzzi. The Bert actually is not mentioned in those points, but he's one points, but yes, yeah, it is exactly who you would also imagine. But, they just mentioned that Hironik, team captain, or I'm sorry, Larkin, team captain, Hironik, led the team Red Wings in average time on ice this season for the second straight year at 23 years old. Yep. Former first-round picks, Rasmussen and Zadina, earned full-time NHL roles and saw their responsibilities increased as the season progressed. So that's why they had those individual callouts for those two as well. Um, but no, that, that point, though, or that statement at the very beginning, overseeing a transitional period for the organization, and helped a number of top prospects work their way up the depth chart. The help the number of top prospects part is the one everyone really needs to hang their hat on, yep. because that is what Iserman has also kind of hit home multiple times, and has kind of been the the go-to for why Blashill has been so respected as the Red Wings coach. Because we saw what he did at Grand Rapids, he won the Calder or the the what's it called down there the championship. Um, as the Calder Cup. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so the one the Calder Cup down down there with the Griffins, then he came into Detroit. We knew that he was handing a shit sandwich. But all we were caring about was, did Larkin get better? Did Burt get better? Did Mantha get better? How about Haronic? Are these guys getting better? What have they done? Gotten better?
1: Yep. And that's now. Are we saying Blash is the best coach in the league? No. Are we no. saying Blash going to be here when they're ready to win a Stanley Cup? Absolutely not. What Most we're likely. saying. What we're saying is that. It's not all negative. There are some, sure, there are some negatives. He played dump and chase hockey for far too long. That looks like yes. it's starting to change.
0: Um, I think so, and it really did start to adjust midway through the season.
1: Yeah, so that's a bad move. Uh, some of the nights that he went 70, 12 forward, or set when he went 70, 11 forwards, not a fan. Uh, some, not always,
0: but it seemed to sometimes work. Though some sure. of these teams, I wish that he had more forwards because they were getting tired. Like like when Carolina.
1: He, a couple seasons ago when he got challenge happy, not a fan. Oh, there have been some not great moves. And, and sure, there's room for improvement in any coach in the league. And no coach in the league is perfect. But Blaschel deserves a chance with a good team. And he's going to get that chance. Steve, Stevie is putting together a good team for him. Um, I also don't buy into this whole Stevie's keeping him around so that the team loses and they get a better draft position. Simply because if we would have finished this season at 82 games, I'm not sure we'd be drafting in the same position we're drafting in now, which is sixth. Um, and next season, I mean, you're gonna be in in the if you're in the bottom 10 of the league, you're gonna be eight or nine or ten. Mm-hmm. You're not playing for draft position next season. You're not playing for draft position the season after. You're gonna win the lottery this year, or you're gonna have crazy fucking luck in the next two seasons to try and win the lottery. It's just you're not playing for a lottery position next season.
0: You want another quote that Eisman had posted here that really hits that home too. So, quote, as we are rebuilding and trying to move younger players into the lineup, I think it is important to have a coach that has a calmness and a willingness and a patience to allow these younger players to go through some of the growing p- pains of playing in the NHL. Jeff has really worked with me in transitioning our young players into the lineup, being patient with them, not handing them positions or ice time,
1: which is what everyone keeps screaming at him to do. And that's the other thing that people keep screaming is I wish Jeff Blasher would show some show some emotion. He's boring and emotionless. And Steven Stevie even said that. He's like I could go out and get a fiery coach. It's just that's not...
0: You change the coach every year.
1: It's not what they need. Young guys don't need to be yelled at. That's mm-hmm. not something they need. They need to be taught. They need to learn the position. And like you said, they don't need to be handed ice time. They need to work for it, and they need to learn. That's what needs to happen. And you're bringing in a lot of young guys who need to be developed. And that's what Blash will help do in Grand Rapids is develop guys. And like it or not, that's what has happened in Detroit. The guys mm-hmm. with the talent that are supposed to develop are developing, and you say Steve even said it himself. They're, the young guys are what what Blashel is here for.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and that's a good thing. Absolutely. And yeah, again, they, they,
1: people they, will be like, "Oh my god, you guys love Jeff Blashaw." I don't love Jeff Blashaw. I the, he has done uh, not great in several aspects, bad in several aspects, but it's getting better. And I think you have to give a guy time to adapt from a bad situation.
0: Yeah, he was handed a shit sandwich. Yep. Simple as that. And you look at his history, and I know we have talked about this, I think, the last three seasons pretty much. He has won in every level that he's coached. Yep. Or been at least somewhat successful. I mean, they even they had him as he was the coach for Team USA in the summer tournaments. As like, he, the guy knows what he's doing. And Eiserman made the comment: he's still young, in terms of coaches. He's in his forties. Yep. So he's learning. The players are learning. But as we said, the players that we are needing to get better are getting better. Yep. I, and that is what and Iserman stated. And they're being surrounded stated. with talent. Yes, and because look look at the change in the roster this season. I know we've already harped on this many times over. Take away COVID and some of those early season, what the hell's going on moments. Yep, this this is a five. That was a five hundred hockey team
1: at least. Yep,
0: they 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 definitely would have been, which would have made me happy because that was my hope for the my guess at the start of the season. But anyways, that that is what they they could have been because I think, and I, I mentioned this a, wh- a little while back. I've noticed that Blaschel, and you made the comment with Mark Stahl not being afraid to step up and get in there and make some plays. Yep. Blaschel finally had a roster that can move.
1: And Mark Stahl even said, he, Mark Stahl was asked about Blaschel, and he said with Blash there's no gray areas. He says he's enjoyed working with him as a coach. He says he's very even-tempered. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing, and and with him there's no gray areas. It's black and white. That's Here's good. what you need to do. He says it only took him a little bit of time to get used to the systems. Mm-hmm. And and it's he had nothing but nice things to say about Jeff Blaschel. And that's what that's the case for most players. Now, most players aren't going to throw a coach under the bus. But most yeah. players that don't like their coach won't go a long way to make different comments about them. They will just say, oh, yeah, he's good. It's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Players will go out of their way to say nice things about Jeff Blaschel. So yeah. he's back, like it or not, whatever. I'm going to leave it with the comment from Jeff Blaschel himself who says, I love being part of this organization, and I want to continue to see this team uh, get to a better tomorrow. So he is looking forward to helping them get back into it. I am looking forward to next season because Cider is going to be here as well as whatever else happens in free agency. Um, so it'll be an exciting it's gonna season. It's going to be a new team.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be a brand new team. They've got half their roster that they need to figure out with contracts. Yeah. Now, that's not including like the Hironic and, stuff and whatnot, but... Again, to the point on Blaschel, look what the roster was built as this year. They were yep. built more on speed and moving the puck out of the back end. You know yep. that that's going to be the focus com- coming into this next season, and it's likely going to be a little bit better.
1: Yep, so he has the keys to the car, and it's up to him what he does with it. hey So I'm to get your final thoughts before we sign off, uh, and then I'll close this out.
0: Uh, final thoughts are my TV went into sl- – into, uh, like sleep mode or whatever, because i watching I the I, Washington I, game. Yeah, I had the Washington game on, and now it's fucking Michael Douglas on a screen saver. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, right uh,
1: it's two to two. Uh, it says, it's
0: in overtime. I know that much. But anyways, my point is the playoffs thus far have been fantastic. I got a, a minor chub seeing the Hurricanes crowd because things are kind of normalcy is starting to come back and I am envious of the hurricanes and being able to have that type of hockey atmosphere. That's why I can't wait for October. I think I actually am literally going to be saying, is it October yet? Because I'm going to be that (laughs) excited about a a new hockey season and actually being able to go to a fucking game. Uh, But no, it's uh, there's still hockey on enjoy it. These games have been, I think fantastic because really these, they've been playing each other all season and now they're in a playoff mode and it's been freaking. As the kids say these days, lit. Is that still a thing? No, Is lit still a thing? I don't think so. No? Oh, whatever. I said it. So yeah. Keep watching some hockey. And uh, I don't think we're being canceled by Rohan yet. I think that, that no. poll expired, so yeah, for we, us.
1: We have survived the Australian canceling. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah. But no, it's sorry,
1: locked on locked on uh, red wings.
0: Yeah, it's the unfortunate, the victim of the uh, Australian massacre. We'll have to um, send
1: uh, Nolan a gift basket or something. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> excuse me. But, but no, that's my final thoughts. So get some hockey on. These playoffs have been fantastic. The North Division's starting. I'm going to go turn on some Mc, McJesus and uh, enjoy it. But yeah, Ryan 33 on Twitter.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll see you guys all in October. But like I said, we uh, <laughs> we're getting uh, some more guests on the show throughout the summer. I'm gonna try and grab Brad Galley to come on and talk about the season and his outlook for next season. We're gonna have Tony nice. Ferrari on in a couple weeks to talk about the draft because none of us know what the fuck is going on right now because there's nope. too much stuff happening.
0: I, some, I just sit there in awe.
1: Yeah, like I said last last uh, like I said a little bit ago, I'm going to do my draft prep. This weekend, and then we'll have Tony on in a couple weeks to kind of talk about who the Red Wings should target. Since uh, I listened to Red and White Authority, uh, hoping to listen to some draft talk, and Art spent the entire time asking about current prospects, so uh, I will w- we will cover the draft with Tony. And what is yeah, going on? I'm just that? pretty much going
0: to sit here and be like, oh, that sounds really good. I like this guy already. Great. That's an
1: awesome name, Tony. Well, Where's that kid well, I was, from? I
0: was just getting ready to say, as long as we have some names to talk about, because that's going to be the only mildly insightful type shit I'll be able to comment on.
1: Great. That's
0: great, Ryan. <laughs> um, You're welcome. You can, I am here for the puns.
1: You can follow me online at bringing the wing can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, you can use promo code GRINDLINE at howieshockeytape.com and check out to receive 10% off your order. You can use that same promo code at bring hockey Back to get 12% off your order. We also like to give a shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline podcast. I also want to start giving a shout out to Vintage Detroit, who has a bunch of really cool uh, jerseys. And uh, they are probably, yeah, they're probably one of the best, if not the best, in Michigan at doing authentic hand-stitched jerseys. They Mm -hmm. ship international suits. Red Wings. Yeah. Red Wings jerseys. I know we have a lot of uh, international listeners. Uh, If you are looking for a Wings jersey, they do ship international. They Um, do. Our Australian friends get all their stuff done from Vintage Detroit also. Yeah,
0: I'm now now the hub for receiving all the things they want shipped out. So it it comes to me, and then I uh, make the trip over to the Vintage Detroit, drop it out to those guys, and they, they sew their stuff together and send it out.
1: Nice. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I like to give a shout out to any local companies we can. in Vintage Detroit is going to be your best place to get your Red Wings jerseys Absolutely. Uh, done. Absolutely. So I like to do that. And then you can check out our merch if you go to redbubble.com and search the grind line. You will find our merch shop uh, where there will be more stuff coming up for next season. I'm going to get on the design train once again once I get a little bit more time and get some new designs up there and maybe retire a few. So we'll do Woo. that. Cool. So uh, that's into it for us tonight in episode 123. For Ryan, I am Greg. (laughs) Yeah, right. You stay classy, (laughs) Hockey Town.